Welcome to the Morphtastic Podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. What's happening, guys? Welcome back to the Morphtastic Podcast. It's George from Elite Geckos, and we've got the amazing Will from White Rose Reptiles. Amazing. Oh. <laughs> no, thank, you, thank you for having me on <laughs> yes no problem at all will no problem at all so will's a good friend of mine so i kind of know will already um but how did it all start for you will how did you get into reptiles how did it all start uh right where do we start i mean for me i've obviously always been in animals i've always been involved with animals from a, from a young age i've always been around animals so they're always an interest there um the reptile stuff kind of come on later on um, I was never allowed a snake, <laughs> and I, I had to settle for um uh, for a different for a lizard. So I obviously, naturally, pet animals the common one with leopard geckos. So I gravitated to them, and then it took me five years, five or six years of convincing, and then I got a royal. Um, uh, and then obviously I, started, I built my first rack, got a few royals, and I was breeding royals for a good bit, and then I was like. My voice are Leos. So why mm. why would I read Leo? So then I started acquiring Leos and then what must be six, seven years now later on down the line and I, I haven't bred Leo I haven't bred Royals for a while, sorry, and I'm reading Leos for that moment. So Brilliant. Do you prefer do you because I know we've spoke before and you, you remember you saying I've actually I bred Leos correct me if I'm wrong, you bred Leos before Royals. Is that right? Or was no, it Royals before Leos? Royals before Royals Leos. Before Leos. But, but I had Leos before Royals. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there any like, particular reason why you didn't like pursue the Royals or was it just a love for the Leos just took over? Because um, uh, I know I'm, you've got a few Royals. You, you've yeah, got yeah, a little yeah. collection I've, of Royals. I've got, yeah, I've got two racks for the Royals. <laughs> um, Jesus. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'll be honest with you, I, I have moved some of the, the, the biggest stuff on just because I want you using them uh, and obviously I will concentrate on Royals. Because I, I had like five years with Leos Anyway, I just think mm. it would just start with interest. You know what I mean? I'll be honest with you. The, the royal side were driven with Brian. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Watching yeah. Brian Bartrick's videos, which was more as I've done anyway, and on YouTube, and obviously Nerd uh, with Kevin McCauley, and you see him all there, and they're, they're running through the rooms, pulling racks mm. out. Look at this combo. Look at this combo. And obviously, that's where that interest comes. Um, and I mean, I, I still might work with royals as, as years go on. As you know, I work I work with many species anyway. But when I sort of moved out and I did all the facility in that, I just kind of concentrated on a, a few of the species rather than everything. Yeah, uh, I did originally have everything at my parents' house. I had a, ded- a dedicated room there and everything. When you get your own house, there's there's more jobs, <laughs> there's there's more um, there's more tasks to do as such. So it was just kind of concentrate on certain things rather than getting too many. Gotcha. There's a lot of animals that um, when I first started talking to you, I just thought you had some crested geckos, some leos, some snakes. But after getting to talking to you, you, you've actually had a vast amount of animals. I know you've got some birds, you've got some small mammals, um, especially aquatics. I know you're a big koi man. Um, There's actually a lot of animals that you can actually keep. When you think about it, you, you have quite a lot of animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, originally I, I, I started from a, a farm background, not not a farming as, as such, but I always grew up around horses, chickens, 
and then and then sort of big livestock. I did some work, not well, not work experience in the holidays. I used to go and work on a family friend's farm. I was always around animals then: cows, sheep, pigs, the, the obviously the whole shebang. And my mum, from a young age, had horses, so obviously that's where that side sort of come from. But obviously, we all got big fields, <laughs> so loads of big animals, and, and naturally just gravitated to, towards smaller animals. So you, you, whenever you had a bit of spare time, you was all you went to the farm, and you, you was always yeah. messing around with animals. Yeah. I thought, like, like all of us, we've all, all of us yeah, in the it. hobby, have all been involved with animals. Like when I was young, guys, we'd mess around with like African snails and stuff like that, yeah. uh, and that's what gets you in, in into it. But um, I know you, 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 you'll be able to explain it better. Um, you sort of went to. I know you studied in college with animals. I think you said it was animal behaviour. You... Yeah, well. Animal care, behaviour management. It, there were a few titles. In fairness, it, it, it were a, um, a fair lengthy title, but but yeah, it, it was basically animal care, uh, studying behaviour management, uh, handling animals. There were there were there were lots of elements to it as such. I'll I'll, I'll be honest with you. When I went, it was the last good year. Unfortunately, they had to get rid of a load of exotics. I don't know if it were funding reasons or whatever, but they had to move a lot of exotics on. But when I was there, we were, we were messing with raccoons and uh, genets, big lizards, obviously tegus and monitors and stuff, uh, skunks, mara, loads of different species. And it, and it was fun, as well as obviously your corn snakes, blue tongs, your meerkats, there were all sorts. And it was good because obviously that's not something everyone can have. It's not it's not what you want. You're not, you don't walk to everyday pet shops and get them sore animals. Mm. So it's good. I mean, as I'm sure you know, um, for his name, the, the the previous guy that worked at the zoo. Oh, leave uh, Vinnie yeah, Pets. Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I'm sure he'll know, it's quite hard to get into a zoo to work with animals. So it, it's good to be able to go and do a course while you're working with them because you learn new things. You can study animal behaviour and nutrition and everything. So it, it's good. It's an eye opener, basically. Definitely. Would you say doing that? Have you bought stuff from doing that into what you do now? Like, have you? Did that make your like? eyes open up a little bit more to animals. I can imagine dealing with raccoons and that, and obviously you, you understand their behaviours, you'll be able to tell when one's annoyed and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Would you say you've brought that into what you do today? If that makes any sense. Have you have you took anything yeah, from I, college I, that you would say you, you, that you do? I implement? In, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, no, I get you. I get you. N- note that I could put dead set on. Yeah, yeah. There the, the definitely will be. There'll be, there'll be something I've, I've, um, I've took with me techniques and stuff like that because obviously you work which is always good to work along people that have got way more experience because you just pick stuff up and a lot of the people that work there they've been working with animals 20 30 years plus yeah so there are obviously elements you picked up off them and you got better and you obviously did a lot better but yeah I, not, nothing i could dead set like i took that i learned that there but there will definitely be something i gained from it yeah it's more like an experience would you That's say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I remember you telling me that it was quite cool having some raccoons and stuff until the, one of the kids got scratched and then the raccoons yeah. were taken away. <laughs> it's that, an that, animal. That's, that's where I butt heads with some people sometimes. One, one, of, the, one of the students, unfortunately, we're, we're trying to breed the raccoons. So naturally, you're going to get breeding behavior. And one of the males, he were a bit heavy handed because there were a nest of babies around. And he, he kind of had a, had a bit of a go at someone's leg. It, it went not major. It were a bit of a scratch, but the entire department had a meltdown. Do you know what I mean? mm. We've got teachers having meltdown because kids are getting injured. 
But but at the same time, you, you sign declarations. You can't go working with an animal that has teeth, has claws, which most animals do. And then like when they use them, be like, oh, shouldn't be like, you know what I mean? Animal can't yeah. be like, like it's, 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 I mean, it's not a wild animal, but it, it technically is. You know? Yeah. It, it, it's like going into the pub saying, there better not be no drunk people there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that, is, that is literally it. If it's got a mouth and it's got claws, it's got it's gonna bite, it's gonna scratch. But yeah, yeah, yeah. some people take to the next level. But you you were probably the guy, because obviously I know you for you. You were probably the guy there that would be like, Oh no, move it the way, I'll I'll do this. Yeah, yeah, that, that, but and, and that's how you've got to be because it's just is what it is. You've got to mm. scratch it's not that big of a deal. Next day they were scabbing it and it'll be gone in a week. Like yeah, yeah. Not, you ain't got to have stitches. Like chill. <laughs> chill yeah, Definitely. That's it. Uh also I I know you've got a, a small business, would you say it's a yes. small business? You've got a business with you sell a lot of reptile products. Um would you look would you mind going into a bit of information about how you go about getting your products, you know, talk yeah, more about no it's whiterosexotics.com, ain't it? Your website. Yeah, yeah. The, the registered business is, is White Rose Exotics. But yeah, it's just an online store. Uh where we sell dried food products mainly. Anything from dog cats to reptiles. If you were to go on my website, I'm sure you'd see like an array of products. A lot of it is here, so it looks a bit mm. cluttered. I'm doing some work under the units at minute to fit some more sockets, so everything's kind of been pushed up to the top. There's obviously some more there behind me, and there's there's some that's at this side of the computer which you can't see, but obviously there's a room full of products. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lots of like say rabbit, guinea pig. There's a, there's all sorts in there. What we'll to what to do a discount? What we'll to do a twenty percent discount for everyone that views it? So you you, you hear everyone, you're hearing that the twenty percent. I'll let you put the code. Any word? What like morphtastic twenty? Morphtastic right, twenty or Morphtastic Will twenty, right? There we go. All lowercase, and I'll, I'll put it on the website. If people on the website and put that in, they'll uh, they'll get twenty percent off their order. Because what I've noticed with your website as well, Will, is your prices have beat everybody else. Like for example, the leopard, the Leopa gel. I think yeah, yeah. I looked online somewhere, and I think you beat beat them at like the cheapest pace, beat them by like those other three or four quid. And I was like, Jesus, three or four quid's quite a bit to beat someone in price. Normally, yeah, it's like yeah, fifty I, p a pound. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I bought a, a lot of it in, which obviously helps. But I think it's a bit too dear anyway. I, I think the the nine 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 RRP for the sachet food, I think that is a bit much mm. personally, because obviously. The sachets inside aren't that whole big. Don't get me wrong, it's good food. And we will, like I said, we'll have to touch on a bit of prepared food further down the line. And it is good stuff. But I do think the, the, the retail price is a bit high for what it is. Personally. Yeah. Well, funny enough, you say that with a, with a person that deals with a lot of products and stuff, could you give us a bit of information about prepared food? Because I can, I can only imagine, and I've had to explain to a few people myself with the Leopa gel. Um, you get people on on groups that say it's full of chemicals. Don't feed it to your Leo uh, X Y and Z. I always say I I wouldn't use it as an everyday feed, and I don't think it's designed no, to be used as an everyday feed. No, not at all. Um, but yeah, it'd be nice to hear your your thoughts on it. Give us some information on the prepared food. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, firstly, in, in my opinion, I don't think there's a complete food. Mm. I, I would say this, this dogs and cats are pretty much not far off, but how many years of research have they done? And now everyone's been mad on raw food. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it swings and roundabouts. I mean, out of any animal, you, you, you'd have thought dog and cats possibly had the most scientific research as such. 
more stuff that's been put into it to like study of nutrition and dietary and stuff like that for the obviously animals. But again, even after all that, there's all the top brands, there's still disagreements. Mm. So I, I would argue, especially with a food such as a, a reptile food that's had very little done or like any any sort of rarer, rare, not rare as such, but an uncommon animal that where there's not big brands fighting to be that one, where there's little competition, I would argue there is probably not as much done in terms of the scientific research as what most food products have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just going back to it, I would argue there's no such thing as a complete diet. Nobody can really truly ever get it perfect. Even you, like with us as humans, look at how many different people argue. And one big thing I, I always said to people is look at the British Heart Foundation that was push, pushing, you can't eat cholesterol, so you need to eat food to low in cholesterol. And now the study's coming out, and it's the British Heart Foundation that's that's doing it. I've said, hold on, your heart doesn't actually work correctly without cholesterol, so you do actually mm. need cholesterol. Not lots, obviously. Every Again, and this is the thing, everything's moderation. You shouldn't have too much, but it's like they, they can't even get humans right, and, and we can talk about us feelings and what we do and we we can talk about these things and obviously we can run studies on ourselves and stuff and they, they can't even get that 100%. So this gecko that's in New Caledonia, that's eating, eating a powdered food that's had like, that was nearly extinct in the wild how many years ago? Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what's the chances of that food being 100% dead set? It probably isn't. And it's, probably, it's near as damn it. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm not here to talk ill of the foods that they're as near as damn it. But I, I do think strongly with most prepared foods, vary it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Don't just feed Rapashi as such. Don't just feed Pangea. Uh, feed fresh fruits as well. Because and, and so many people, especially with Crested Gecko, so many mis- people miss out on fresh fruits because they're just not as talked about or just not as optimal. But if, if you can go to a supermarket and you see a reduced section and it's got like papyrin or mangoes or one of the preferred foods in their diet and it's reduced, get it, stick it in the fridge, and leave it a few more days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like the, the, the the more the, it's that that it's the point of where it's about to rot. Just yeah. before it's about to rot is when it's optimum. I like I said, I mean, even if it's got a bit of mold on, just peel it off. It's only going to be on skin. Yeah, uh, even if it's got a bit of mold, just peel it off because that's that's when they like it softer, riper, the better. And obviously, again, you as humans would be like, oh, we wouldn't eat that, but it's like that's what they'd eat in the wild. Course, yeah, they've yeah. got, got massive claws. It's food drops on the floor, and when it's soft enough to the point where it falls apart, that's when they're eating it. That's when it's, yeah. Optimum. And obviously, the sugars as well that's something that's optimal for uh, an animal to survive. So, it's it's good. A, a lot of people use opinion rather than facts and stuff like that. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm 100% right because there'll be there'll probably someone I'll disagree with, which is understandable. It's all like his own personal experiences, and it's all what we learn along the way. But that's just sort of my view on it. And and like you say, we touch on with the groups and that a lot of people sometimes talk and speculate, and nobody really knows. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget because I don't, I don't get too involved in in communities on Facebook and stuff just because it causes arguments and mm. it's pointless anyway. People are dead set in the ways. Yep. People are convinced on certain things, and that's just how it is. I, I was talking about Rapashi not being a complete diet. Mm-hmm. And I said, because obviously, I mean, I, I don't know if this is true because I can't seem to find the, the um, origin of it. But as far as I'm aware, Rapashi started making their foods because of baby food. 
they was using baby food to supplement crusty geckos and they were breeding them. So yep. that's where it sort of originated from. And then obviously as they've expanded, they've, they've grown with knowledge and they're doing scientific exploration. Sorry, <laughs> explorations. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I, knew, I knew it were a big word. I'm not good at <laughs> words, but, but um, expedition. No, it's expeditions, isn't it? They're, they're, yeah, they're doing expeditions uh, to obviously study the natural environment and study the animals. And a guy was like, "Oh yeah, they've been studying the stomach content of, of wild crested." So like, well, yeah, well that's what it at that day. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Yeah, it, it, well, it might be a seasonal thing. There might be yeah. like. It might be a season, a type of season where there's not many bugs and they they eat predominantly more fruit. Like yeah, I totally agree with you. Say when when someone says complete diet, to me that means you've only got to feed them this. Yeah, yeah. That's not. It's no. No, it's not. not at all. It's not not, not at the all. case. And, and and I think to provide the animal with a true nourishment, so it's cover all bases. Use prepared diets because they're good. Mm-hmm. Um, use use fresh fruit because it's natural. Use live insects because it's natural and they love them. And, and try and cover all areas, and then you tend to not get things wrong, or, or you tend to do a bit better than what what you can do. And again, I know some geckos and some people tend to favor, favor rapashi or pangea and so on and so on. But try and feed a varied. I mean, yeah. I, I do try to use rapashi, pangea, and like sticky foot gold, which is the Arcadia stuff. Because they're all really good, free, good brands, and what one product's lacking, the other one might make up for, and and you t- you tend to if you cover all them bases, you, you tend to get better results, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, has and, it ha- has the drug? This is probably something you would know. Yeah, uh, I don't want people to feel triggered when I say this. Yeah. Has Pangea, uh, Repashi, all your dried crested gecko diets that you mix up, has that just become? It's just easy. It's just easy to throw this powder into a tub, mix it up, and you got yourself. Do you know what you get? I'm trying to say. Is, yeah, is, yeah. is that is is that product not the same as getting some fruit, which they would have in a natural habitat? Yeah, r- ripen it as much as it as much as they would have it, and then put your own calciums and multivitamins yeah. in it. Aren't they? Is it not? Just the same thing, but just the powdered stuff. Obviously, it stores easier, and it's just easy. Yeah, yeah. It's just easy. Yeah, yeah, convenience. convenience. Yeah, Would yeah. you say it's more of a convenience thing than an actual this 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 is the stuff you have to feed your cresties? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean obviously a lot of it's convenience. People have busy lives. It's nice you've got a little pot you can mix some water and well, hey, you got some food. I also think obviously, like you've touched on with the supplements, people panic a lot of times, they don't want to get supplement supplementation wrong or supplementing certain animals wrong. So it's an it's an easier mm. solution for them when they panic a little bit. And and like I said, there there is perks to it. There is good things about it. But I think as to be responsible, I think we should offer a wide variety, prepared plus fresh. And 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 I and I think why not? Because it, it's it, it's sort of a natural thing for them. I mean obviously Rapashi and Pangea it's like a smoothie paste. But with a lot of fruits, there is a bit more texture there, the, the fibers and that. It's a bit, it, it's somewhat more natural for them. And yeah. and this is something I've experienced. Like I will put chunks of fruit in, like still on the skin. I will put yeah. them in, and that skin will be clear the next day, or or maybe the the, the twelve thirty six hours. So yeah, twenty four hours, thirty six hours after that it's skin. It's clean. Will yeah. yeah, clean. Love it then. But like, oh, what? Oh, 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 also, what I want to say is adding a little bit of fresh fruit into their diet can't be bad because of 
from my experience when I used to produce Cresties, I kept having Cresty geckos uh, with eggs with the slits in them. So they tried to, they tried to break egg and come out, but they couldn't yeah. come out because the egg was overcalcified. Because of every right. couple of days, I'm giving them fresh pangea that is packed with calcium. So the eggs have overcalcified. I think I lost like fourteen babies in one season where they've went to went to bite the egg. You, you see the little slit on the, on the egg, yeah, but they just they just couldn't come through because the egg was too hard. The egg was so so I think to myself, yeah. if you if you mix your variety up with you know with let's say your pangea, then you give them some fresh fruit, you give them some insects. I think a lot of the time when you just feed these powdered diets. I think they do overcalcify the eggs. I really do. Yeah, yeah. Like, like obviously, obviously the, the egg surface. Like you said, no, it, it's not something I've I've personally experienced. But again, I don't just feed prepared diets. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So that that, that could be a thing there because it's not something I, I feed wholly because I don't believe in it. And again, like I say, I, I stopped the OGL and, and I do like it as a product. I, I think Ikari is a mint brand, personally. I, yeah. I, I think when it comes to foods, Ikari is very good. Especially with aquatic foods and uh, so on, that the, the pretty much don't miss mark that they're quite good. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I still don't just feed a car. Don't just stick to brands. Because again, people get brand sort of sensitive, or or they'll only use a certain brand. It's like, look, don't because you're limiting yourself. Mm. You, you're limiting to just what that brand does or what that. And, and this is what we're saying that this this complete diet. Nobody knows what the complete diet is. That's Rapache's version of a complete diet. Yeah. That's Pangea's, but that's their opinion. Do you know what I mean? That's what they've worked. I'm not getting me wrong. They're probably working in labs as people. Yeah, brilliant products. Yeah, brilliant products. Variant, variant. That's it, innit? The nutrition nutrition people are obviously a lot brainier than me, but just looking at it from a common sense point of view, don't limit yourself and try and cover all areas and all aspects and you get better results. Yeah. And like you, and like you just pointed out, you feeding prepared diets quite heavily were causing certain um, uh, yep. problems in the, the the surface of the eggs as such. Yeah, but you got to remember, is in uh, naturally in the wild, every meal they're going to have isn't going to be supplemented with calcium and multivitamins. So it, it just doesn't happen, and it just yeah. became a convenient thing for me with Pangea. Like every every twenty four forty eight hours, that's how I fed them every three days. Um, it's easy. You you, yeah, put, yeah. you 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 put was it two, was it one part powder, two parts water, or something like that? It's yeah. easy. You put you can mix a whole tub up in a squeegee bottle, and that will last almost a month or wherever it is, yeah, and that will last and, for ages. And for some of the big crested gecko breeders, that's like on a knee in the gaining from work, and there's there's twenty thirty cresties or more to feed. It's like squeegee bottle, bump bump bump. It's it's convenient. Yeah, but I'm like, but like. If you get a if you get a spare day on a weekend and you go in shopping and you see that reduced aisle and you, and it's the same for for most veggies and fruits and that with most animals you get that reduced aisle and you see it on offer it's like a couple of mangoes just get them leave them in the fridge yeah. for a couple of days and and honestly watch them they'll go mad but yeah it's 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 quite surprising try new things out it doesn't hurt yeah, them yeah yeah, yeah. That's what wild and and like I said the big thing to remember is don't put them in ripe don't put them in under ripe leave them until they're nearly like, do you know what I mean? Till they're, till, till they're nearly gone. And then that, well, and that's na- the Naturally, they, people think they live high up in trees. They don't. They live sort of that mid-tier level where they're sort of yeah. scrubs and bushes and when the fruit drops and they, they eat it. We said off camera, 
when you mix up your pangea and you, yeah. it's like it is like a, a soup. Yeah. The fruit they're eating, you could literally mush it up in your hands. Like, 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 it'll go, it, it'll go more into liquid than anything you, else. You want to get that skin, and it just wants to and pulls off. Yeah, that's it. Because Chris, Chris is out in a tree pulling fruits off the tree, peeling them. It doesn't happen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, 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 they're not peeling orange. Yeah, yeah. That's it. it, it it's they're on the they're on the floors of um, their environment. And when there's a fruit there that that's like insects have been at, and there's a hole, they're gonna they're gonna be in that hole. And mm. I'll show you, um, or I can I can try and get you a photo that I once seen, and it were a papaya with a day gecko its head stuck in where an insect had <laughs> made a hole, and the, the day gecko's head stuck in the hole where it's, it's eating at the the flesh that's kind of breaking down in, in the skin. And it's like that's what they eat in the wild because yeah. Cresting a day gecko in ripping open fruits, they, they yeah. just feel like they're not capable to do that. So yeah. it's uh, so you just sometimes you, you've you've got to stop like looking at it as you're eating it and go, hold on, in a, in a while, what would it do? And do what it do anyway naturally. And and yeah. um, and I think that's a generally good rule to have anyway, and you get good success with it basically. Definitely. And, uh, like I say, if you're in these these charts and these groups and that on Facebook and that, don't get involved with it too much because. Some people are diehard. Rapashi is a big brand. This is what mm. you do. This is how it is. And and don't you don't have to call them out on it at all. But just sit there and question it and just go, is it really? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's and that's how you've got to be sometimes. And how hard do you think it would be? Because of what and what what annoys me personally? Because I'm quite open minded with other products and stuff like that. Yeah. I always shop around and yeah. people are so that like if I. If, if if I if there's a lot of people, this is just an example. This isn't towards anybody. People that use Pangea tend to just use Pangea. People yeah. that use Rapashi tend to just use Rapashi. Um, and I I just I just don't get. It. I just think you should you should go and look like try the sticky foot gold, try other other bits and pieces. But and the thing is, is people is you can't tell them otherwise. You can't say to oh. them, you know, you know, try something else. You know, yeah. what what I'm getting at is. How hard would it be for someone, well, not someone, not not someone like me, but for someone like you to make your own crested gecko diet? Is it is it that difficult? I um I can't obviously I've not I've never done it. I can't comment on the regulation side of it. I I was talking, oh not sorry, sorry. I was once in a talk of a guy that was big on food, foods as such. And mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, it was angled more to koi food, but he, he said something that's always stuck in my mind of. With dog food, as long as it doesn't kill the dog within, I, I don't know if it were something stupid like six weeks or six months, you're allowed to sell it publicly. Right. Like it, yeah. it's, it's an outrage. It's an outrageous thing where, as, like, as long as you don't kill it within six weeks, six months, so you can kill it after. Like I say, I, I can't after eight weeks if it's dead. It's not the product. Yeah, don't matter. <laughs> don't matter. yeah. I suppose they're they're seeing it as within six weeks that food has gone through you, it's passed out of you, it's yeah. out of your blood. Like it, yeah. not, any longer than six weeks, that animal probably died of something different than what you think it is. That's it. You know so I mean? no, no, nobody's like everyone's. Nobody like looks at the longevity of it. Like. What what happens long term? So um, and it always kind of sat there in my head, and I thought that's wild. Mm. So I I can't say I've, I've looked into doing. I don't get me wrong. I have I have actually bought a dehydrator. I have been playing around with dehydrating fruits and making uh, powder. Um, yeah, <laughs> making powder formulas as such. Yeah, 
but again, it's just my own experience and my own research and, and stuff like that. Could a person like me launch a food? Probably not. <laughs> there's, there's so much competition. And yeah. like you said, people are so brand heavy where they don't want to use the brands. They're happy with Pantheon. They can order it off Amazon. It comes next day. Well, there's like, always, there was also an incident a few years ago. I won't mention the company's name. And he brought out uh, reptile supplements. It was calcium, calcium D3, multivitamins. Um, I think that was it. It was just like the standard. And I think uh, so he had been running for a long time. He was running when I uh, joined the hobby. This was 2016. Um, yeah. And I think one gecko, someone bought the product and a gecko had passed. Uh, but they had they blamed the product. But this guy might have sold so many products to so many people, but it's because of this one gecko died and it was a new supplement that this person had tried. Yeah. The stick that man got, the yeah. stick he got, yeah. and it, if he was like Ripashi or something, you know, he wouldn't go anywhere. But because of he that, because he was just a, a small guy and he was he, he was doing it for a fair few years. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I remember the stick he was getting, I remember thinking. You can't blame him for that one animal. That animal could have had a heart attack. Yeah. Could have had a brain hemorrhage. And, and, and like I said, that if you if your whole collection had died, I'd go, yeah, probably you. That probably was yeah, that. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> a good point. Yeah, yeah. So, as as and also as a courier driver with the with the reptile industry, you have to be careful with things like that because of you could you could say George mate I've, I've I've dehydrated some fruits I've grinded them down I've put supplements yeah. in it my animals are thriving and then we've sold it to somebody else and that one crusty crusty babies die a lot from what I from yeah. what I've experienced they they they're quite weak as babies and you feed it to your baby crusties and one dies next thing you know it's you killed my animal yeah no. it's the same it's the same with anything dog food if someone tries out a new dog food and one of their something happens to their animals it's instantly your fault yeah yeah um, no, but yeah, the no, <laughs> reptile scene. Anything to do with that? Yeah. Keep it yeah, away yeah. from me. <laughs> it's definitely te- test once, test twice, test three times. Keep definitely. But now but we're on. Bit... Now we're on this sort of rant. Now we're on this sort of ranting with obviously Facebook and stuff. What's your thoughts with the racking systems? Right. <laughs> that, is, that is a debate that I I, yeah. I I can't get involved in because of. You know, me as a person, someone that keeps animals in racks and, and vivariums, I, I'm happy to bend. I, I can understand. Go, okay, I get that. But with, with someone coming against me with racking systems, it's, I don't care what you've got to say, yeah. you're wrong. And I, yeah, I, yeah. I despise that. So what's your yeah. opinion on racking systems? I'm, I mean, I'll, personally, it's all opinion. It, it, it's all opinion based. Um, uh, to say you can't keep an animal in a rack is a lie because it's been done for how many years. There's generations mm-hmm. and generations of animals kept successfully in racks. So to say you can't do that is a lie. To say heat mats aren't sufficient is a lie. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To say supplementing isn't enough is a lie. It, it, it's it's just facts. Um, uh, it's all it's all opinion-based. And like I said, just coming off the prepared food diet, I, I was involved in a bit of a discussion in one of the groups where someone was, was talking down the Leo gel and was like, oh, it's full of chemicals. They just didn't know what the words meant. So, so I, I, you know what I mean? It was like what? So, so I I broke down every ingredient. It's got vitamin B in it. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what it was. Because the, the the paste of the ingredients were like, look at all them chemicals, and there was two food grade chemicals, and there is there's two food grade chemicals in there, um, and there there is a bit of a a, a filler which is an, an ingredient. It, it's it's a it's a natural ingredient as such, but it, it's it is used as a filler. Um, but they're not they're gonna, they're not going to harm the animal. The the two food grade chemicals that are in our food. This yeah. isn't some wild chemical they've made up. It, it's it's a food grade chemical used across the board, whether it's human food or animal feeds. And and when I broke it down, that majority of these big words are just fancy words for chemicals that scientists use. It, it's not for chemicals, sorry, for vitamins that uh, minerals that scientists use. They're a bit like, and just remove the comment. Yeah, I, was like, I remember like, seeing that. Yeah, it's, it's like look, right? Sometimes just just don't be quick to act on the opinion. Do you know what I mean? So many people, I'll, I'll devise what they know off a, off a, and it's all well. I'm saying that it's all opinion. I've just sat here and said this is my opinion. It's about my thing. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So, so, but so many people, I'll build their opinion off without knowing the facts as such, and without knowing both sides, or even trying both sides. Like if, if someone come to me and said, "Oh, I've bought some Leo gel. I've used it for this, and I found email eh, emails. I've had <laughs> why did I say emails? But yeah, I found Leo's um." Uh, were declining in in health, so like they were losing weight, uh, and the what the want reproducing, and the want doing this. I got I respect that. I go fair enough. You've tried mm. it. You've had you've had negative, and that's understandable. Thank you for letting me know because I like to know these things because obviously I I use Leo gel myself, and um, they don't. None of them's never used it. Everyone that hates it's never used it, <laughs> and they're all like, oh, it's crap. It's not health for Leo's. It's like, well, what happened to your Leo when you used it? Oh, I've never used it. It's like, well, what? How do you put an yeah. opinion on it? Yeah, and, and and this is the same with racks and vivariums and people on social media. Anyway, it, it's half the people bashing racks have never used them, mm. and, and it's, it's like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, sorry, go on. <laughs> it's 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 the person that has one leopard gecko. Definitely, they're the and no disrespect to anybody. Anybody has one leopard one leopard gecko when they're not they're not targeting all of you, but. Generally, it's the person that has one pet leopard gecko who they've had, who they've called Rosie, and yeah. it's they've had it for two years. Yeah, and they know everything. That's it. You <laughs> I don't know. want to be harsh. I don't want to be harsh, but it's it is true. facts. Facts. <laughs> it, it is it's true. It is. It's true. Or all the the rescued the rescued one because yeah. they didn't have the UVB. In the setup, so they've rescued it to put UVB in it. It's like, <laughs> oh, they're, they're so neglected. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's so true. <laughs> yeah, because that's just how it is. And and um, uh, and racks aren't for everyone. I'm gonna put that out there. I, I do like vibs. I use vibs for certain animals that I do think certain animals can't be in racks. Um, uh, and I do like the, the the obviously the look of vibs and. They look well, and if you've got a pet, why would you not want it in a viv? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. If you've got a pet in your living room and you've got this three foot viv, all full of foliage and full of hides and stuff like that, why would you not want that rather than a rack? But at the same time, there's a reason they have to be full of hides and full of foliage. That's because if you put a Leo in there with three hides, they don't eat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> three foot viv, and and and, and like, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying to these people. <laughs> we laugh, but it's true. <laughs> yeah. It's like it, it, I've seen right. Someone's got. I've got. I've. I've just bought Rose. I've rescued Rosie from a pet shop. Now you have it. Yep. You brought her. Yep. Uh, you see a big four foot viv, and it's. You ever seen those 
hides that are like coconuts cut in half. Yep. There's three of them in there. <laughs> there's three of them yeah. in there. And there's a water bowl and there's a food bowl. But they're wondering why Rosie doesn't eat. <laughs> exactly. That's it. And, and they're like, yeah, well, so-and-so on this Facebook group so that's because they need a three to four foot vid because it's optimum. And, and I've got UVB and everything. It's like, because the, these animals in the wild aren't roaming around deserts, aren't roaming mm. around, um, uh, aren't in the open because a bird's going to take them out. Another lizard, bigger lizard's going to come along and take them out. Maybe even like a, a small mammal or whatever's native into their area is going to come and eat them. So these animals, especially Leos that are small, aren't going to walk around in the mm. open. It doesn't happen. And it's yeah. same in a Viv. They're not going to just sit there running around in the open. And in order for a, a Leo to be comfortable in a big environment, there has to be loads of foliage. There has to be lots of court bark, rocks, hides, so on and so on. For them to feel comfortable because... They naturally they're a prey animal. They don't mm. feel comfort in that sort of environment. And this is my argument with people that are hating on racks. It's like, look, racks aren't for everyone, but I'm experienced enough to know I can use racks very well to a point where I can provide the correct optimum nutrition, the correct care and welfare, the correct environment for an, for a leopard gecko to where it feels safe, happy, healthy, and reproduces. Like, what else do you want it to judge a Leo on? Yeah. Like we, we can't talk to it. It's like if a Leo is in this environment to a point where it's it, it's chunky, it's healthy, it, it's not deformed, it's not lacking in any anything, it's reproducing naturally. Uh, so so it's it, that this animal is that comfortable it'll reproduce. It's where's your problems? Yeah. The only people that have problems is them and their opinion because they're looking at it as oh it's not good that that shouldn't be done. I always hit people on Facebook and I, I know their reactions. Like, I don't know how to respond to that. Someone will put like, oh, you're only using racks for money. And I'll say that pet gecko you got there was probably born and raised in a rack. And they don't know how to take, they don't know how to take it. Because 90% of reptiles are, are, are have probably been brought or, or raised in a rack, racking system. Yeah, yeah. 100% because of, a lot of the geckos you get from shops have been wholesaled from... Yeah us big breeders, big uh big breeders or you sometimes Private you get people that just that just that, there was a collection i saw a morph market in the uk it was just a, a wholesale collection it was like 100 adult geckos but it, it was just for wholesale so Max, these tangerine, these yeah just just hypos tangerine yeah. super snows just the standard stuff yeah. um but that gecko you brought had mo 90 percent of the time has probably been raised in a racking system in fact um i could almost say 95 percent because of hatchlings almost in my opinion have to be raised in the racking system because of i'm going to start going into detail now i know in germany you technically have to have your adult geckos in a vivarium yeah you're allowed to raise babies in racks all right which is mad yeah yeah so exactly so that's why that's why i say to people you, your gecko has probably been raised in one of these and it is it is genuinely people that don't understand racking systems um that normally bite about it because of you know when i first got my pet and i and i was watching again like you said earlier i was watching brian at snake bite it was snake bites tv when i was watching it and i remember thinking no way you can keep them animals like that no yeah. way and obviously the more i the more i got into you know raising geckos and stuff like that when you think about it everything they need is in that racking system like a gecko can't see a difference between a tub and a viv 
The gecko can't see a difference. He don't know what wood is. He don't know what plastic is. He don't know what stone is. He don't yes. have a clue. Exactly. It's exactly. So that's what makes me laugh. But moving on from the racks, because I mentioned it, and and breeding for money. What's your opinion? Because this this episode, we will get into leopard geckos, but this yeah. is—I think this is definitely a much-needed episode because of Definitely. this Definitely. is stuff that gets brought up every single day, and then people don't really answer it. But what? It's a, this is a touchy subject. This is yeah, a yeah. touchy subject. But breeding for money, hundred percent, right? So, a bit very wild thing to say, uh, but yeah, hundred percent, and, and I'll tell you why, and and. This and I do think this is a problem with this like sort of modern generation of people. Everyone's very negative and looks at everything negative. If there's a, if there's something negative, same with the racks. They're like, oh, it's just a plastic box with kitchen towel in. It's like, well, it is, but at the same time, like you've just said, there's everything there that Leo wants. Mm. Like, stop looking at it as if you're living in there. You're not living in there. Your needs are a lot more. You know what I mean? You've got to be able to sit on Facebook for two hours and eat. That's a different thing. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> that Leo don't. That Leo don't care. Do you know what I mean? It's like stop looking at everything negatively, and and start and look at things from from the animals' perspectives. It's got a nice, um, uh, it's it's nice, warm. It can thermoregulate. It, it's um, it's safe. It's not got any other animals around it. It can do what it sort of wants. There's food and water there. There's 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 every element that that gecko wants. It's happy. I would argue all my leos are happy than. Uh, 60% of the Leos kept in racks. Uh, mm. Kept in bibs, sorry. Uh, my, my Leos that's in racks. Because I've spent years with them, and I know how to provide for them, and I know they did the option there. And, yeah, there's a bit more experience there. I would argue that they are happier than 60% of the Leos in bibs, where someone's in a busy household, there's a dog running up and down, mm-hmm. there's a kid running up and down, there's there's people running up and down past it every time and a kid on glass tapping on glass like that's not what a Leo wants and like I said although they look good and why would you not have that in your living room it's like just because that looks good and you, that's your opinion don't mean you have to take away from a rack and call mm. a rack because it's plastic so obviously we're going to the profit side of things um, and again a negative outlook oh you just have all these racks so you can fit all these animals in a in a in a small area so you can exploit them. It's like, there is an element of that to it. The exploiting things out the window for me. And mm. and this is this is a big thing that I will always say to people is I, I don't work with animals to make money out of them. I'm, I'm not here to exploit animals to to make money so I, so I can run off and move to Las Vegas when I'm 30. Like that, that's never going to happen. It, it's, I enjoy working with these animals. I get a kick out of breeding. I like working with lions, the, it's I work with these animals and breed them because that's what I enjoy. I um uh, I I I love opening incubator up and you hatching geckos and the, and they turn out some some way you didn't think they were going to be like mm. you predict obviously certain things you're like why oh, this but that's what happened or oh, that's better than I expected or you two or three years in you you look at the way you started to the gecko now and you're like wow look at that progress I've done that's yeah. where you get the enjoyment working with lines working with new lines progressing lines. That's what I enjoy. I enjoy breeding animals. I enjoy working with animals. But that doesn't. But it, life doesn't help. It's not free. As electric bills aren't free. As feed bills aren't free. As mm-hmm. time's not free. We've got we've got rent or mortgages to pay. We've got to eat. Do you know what I mean? You've you've got his own families and stuff like that. It, it's 
you can't just like, I can't just like for me. I mean, I've I've got a dedicated um, facility, so I'm I'm lucky in that sense where I've got a, it's it's his own building. There's uh, all facilities in there where the animals are, but I can't just lock my way in that lock myself in that room every day and that's it because yeah. there's bills to pay. I've got to go to work, the stuff like that. So it's like, look, if if I can earn some money with my time and these animals, if I can pay for some of my time with these animals, win win. Like yeah. I. I I'm earning a bit of money by doing something I enjoy. I'm able to spend my time with these animals, more of my time with these animals, because I've got a bit of money that's paying for the stuff that I don't yeah. have to work for. So yeah. and, and this is why I said to people, it's like, look, I don't I don't breed to make money. I make money so I can spend my time breeding. That's mm. the big thing. Like and this and like I said, I touch on people being negative and everyone's trying to look at everything from a negative point of view. So that's not the case at all. It is yeah. Like, like, sit down with because, and that's the thing. All these people that's calling us, where it's animal rights or whatever, none of them sit down and talk to us. And, and and this is what like sort of gets under my skin. It's I'm all for animal rights. I'm all for animal, um, obviously positivity and 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 being on the side of animals. So don't attack me. Do you know what I mean? And it yeah. puts me, it puts me against animal rights people because I'm like. You're attacking half of what I do anyway. But why would I want to associate myself with y'all? Why do I want to back y'all? Why do I want to encourage y'all when all you do is 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 just throw shade and negativity on us because we breed animals and we get money? Well, without mean? without us, Cresty Geckos were borderline extinct. Axolotls were borderline extinct. Yeah, uh, they're actually crying out for people to um, breed. I can't I can't pronounce the full name, but I know it's the Mexican alligator alligator lizards, abornias. Yes, I know what you mean. They're yep. they're, they're almost extinct in the wild. Uh, monkey tail yeah. stinks, skinks. A lot of these animals, they're I don't want to say they're saying please everyone stop getting them and breeding them, but yeah. our work, what we do, really does help the animal yeah. like, in the long run as well and this is things that they don't, they don't pick up on obviously no, no, animal no. welfare is involved and obviously you've got to care yeah. for the animals and some for example because we keep animals in racks doesn't mean we keep them filthy or anything like that they're treated no, like no. any other gecko um I, I would argue my racks are cleaner than this again yeah because the, the the kitchen rolls changed every time i use veterinary disinfectants everything's spotless if the hides start deteriorating i've been and get new hides like it's spotless Right, mm. like, and, and and I'm sure you're the same. Do you know what I mean? It, it's, it, I'm glad you said that. It's a good point about um, they're not crying out to breeders, but I would argue private breeders have probably done more for species of animals than zoos, and yeah. that's probably a wild statement, but it's probably true. If you look at like lots of animals that's been saved over the years, and, and you look at when they're reestablishing them, zoos have obviously played a part, but zoos have a zoos have got a bit of money as well. They, they, they can't just put all their efforts into doing all this. They've got to they've got to pay staff. They've got to pay rates. Yeah. They've got to pay. They've got to look after the facilities. They've got to put new toilet blocks in. They've got to expand. They've got a vet bills that are expensive. So zoos have to make money as well. They can't put all their time into uh, conservation and stuff like that. So I would argue a lot of the species that's been saved over the years. I I, I bet if you were to look at it statistically, I bet there's um uh, more private readers names there than what zoos are yeah i i, I, yeah. I totally agree totally agree because you think about it look think of how 
how much time and let's say you, you're there's a private breeder working with let's just say Christy Gecko's 50 whatever years ago when they were going extinct and they got 10 of them yeah, yeah. the amount of time that person can put into them animals That's where you're right. in the zoo you got a var I know you get like reptile section you get a mammal section but generally these people are running around ragged but if you've got like an independent guy breeding these animals spending a lot of time with these animals it's 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 not rocket science you know what i mean it's it's uh it's pretty mad if you actually think of it yeah yeah and and again that's that's a good point to touch on where zoos enclosures are very aesthetic to our eyes we want to look at these animals climbing across these trees and and in in these like living in these plants and these naturalistic looking environments and that and they're good but they look good for us. It's not necessarily what the animal wants. Mm. And and you also uh, fetched a, a good point up earlier with Lee. People that's going to a zoo want to see these animals. Yeah, they have to be designed in a way that when you go to these zoos, these zoo, zoos are really good at what they do and everything, but they yeah. have to earn money. They have to, let's say, if, if they say they have to put a line to sleep, that's probably costing them a few thousand pounds. You know, you got to hire the guy with the gun or whatever. Unless they're a zookeeper, they have a gun. But you got a trained guy with a gun. You got yeah. to trank it. You got to put it to sleep. All the risks. Um, so they have to make it in a way where the animals are not stressed out to the point they're going to die. But there's something for us. This is what Lee said. If you guys are interested, episode one, uh, Vidi's pets. Nice. No, it thing. has to be designed in a way where you guys have something to see. Yeah, yeah. Because you can't go to a zoo and say, oh, 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 "What did you see? I didn't see nothing." Bad zoo. Yeah, that zoo's crap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It has to, it has to be designed in a way where you're going to see something. Yeah, it's like sure. a London Zoo. They have a um, they have a part in the zoo where I can't remember the the mammal's name. They're like monkeyish. They they're nocturnal. You know, they got they got the big eyes, and you go into this part, and naturally. If you wanted to go into the wild to see this animal, it's near impossible. But they had designed it in a way where you could see this animal. Yeah, and the animal were comfortable. Yeah, to exactly. some extent, to some extent, yeah. And, and um, uh, obviously, to a private collector, seeing the animal all the time isn't a big thing. Like, especially mm. for me, for breeding, if I know the animal's happy and healthy and doing everything it should and is eating and stuff, I, I just leave it alone. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to pick it up every five minutes, and and, and that's another thing. They're like, oh, you, you don't even handle them. When do the animals get handled? It's like it doesn't want to be handled anyway. No animal wants to be handled. Leopard yeah. gecko doesn't matter how happy they are; they really don't want to be handled. It's all. like there's a there's a friend of mine who who used to work with uh, red eye crocodile skinks, yeah. and he said to me, I went, oh, they must be a mate. They're like dragons. He went, no, you're not. You're not supposed to see them. He went, if you if you but can see be. if you can see your red eye crocodile skink, there's something wrong with it. Like really? Imagine. He said, "Yeah, you're not supposed to see them. If you can see them, they're stressed." I can imagine. Yeah, they're 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 a species that you're not supposed to see them. You're not actually supposed to see these animals. Like yeah. you either set it up wrong in a way where you haven't got enough foliage. I know you're supposed to have fountain setups and yeah, loads yeah. of stuff for them. Yeah, um, but if you've got a re- unless you've got one of them, one in the million that is just a, an openly active that you know you get them one animals that. Yeah. They, they 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 don't care, but yeah. generally, if, if you can see your red eye crocodile skink, you're doing something wrong. Unless you're unless you can see it in a bush with its back, I understand that. But if it's sitting at the front like a leopard gecko yeah, would, it's something it's something wrong. No, definitely. 
But these no, zoos, like, they have to do it in a way that they might put a cave in that's transparent and it's got all yeah. foliage in there. So just enough so you can see it. It's like I went to a farm the other day and there was like a skunk set up. Like you couldn't see this skunk, but I saw its tail. So yeah. for, as a kid, I saw a skunk. <laughs> yeah. no, that's it. And, and that's how it is. And then that's sometimes what separates, obviously, like it says, zoos and obviously us as keepers, where we're not bothered if we see them or not. As long as we know they're yeah. healthy and we can get in and check on them and they're eating and stuff like that, for us, the, the buzz is the breeding. Do you know what I mean? It's it's the reproducing. It's to, it's to know that animal is comfortable enough and healthy enough to where it's willingly reproducing. Because like like we can't talk to these animals. We we we, we can't ask them questions. That's it. How else can you judge an animal's um uh, like comfort level or or how well an animal's doing? Other than it's comfortably happy, healthy, and comfortable to breed, mm. like what what else do you want to prove? Like so to sort of sell up, right? Your opinion about racks and about certain certain techniques we use is wrong, because the animals telling you you're wrong, not not yeah. us. Like and then that's the thing they're not willing to listen to us. It's like look, right? If you put us to one side, right? Forget about our opinions and and money and everything like that. How that animal's behaving behaving tells you how well that animal is in that environment so yeah. so what's your negatives about it and yeah. and, and, that, and that's some of that and i wish people just talk because it's not something like I, I want to argue about or all, anything like that. like you're an idiot you know nothing because everyone starts somewhere and some people are obviously led by certain social media people and um we, we sort of get I, I think a breed is a lot of time get a lot of shit <laughs> we, it's, we, yeah. you took the words out of my mouth as soon as that word breed is involved you yeah. are yeah like you said shit we're, we're malicious it, 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 there's not there's so many people that have bought a dog and it, it's always that breeder was a bad breeder there's not actually a reason why they're a bad breeder but yeah. they're a bad breeder because they, when I got there the water bowl was empty do you know what I mean the bad, bad breeders all yeah. breeders yeah. always get a bad name that's it. Not that five minutes before a pup knocked it off and they were sat mopping it up. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Or you got there and the pup just had a wee in the. Yeah, also, yeah. that that place was filthy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there are animals. It happens. And yeah. um, uh, it, it like I said, as, as breeders, we get a bit of a rep sometimes, and it, it, it's 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 a bit unwanted. I think personally, yeah, it's, it's unnecessary. Just come talk to us. Definitely. <laughs> we'll answer Definitely. questions. Right, I've got one more question I'm going to ask before we actually go on to talking about some of your leopard geckos. So there's been a huge, like, a, I wanted to touch base on this, whoever I was getting on in this next episode. So there's been a huge, like, uproar on Facebook at the moment with um, Korean breeders. It's specifically right. Korean. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, not like, it's not like they've gone Asian breeders. It's just specifically Korean breeders. And there's been a post on Facebook. I don't want to mention no names because I don't want anyone to say oh, I didn't want you saying my name on there or whatever. Yeah. But there's a there's a decent breeder who put a post that saying, look, there's been a bit of this enough's enough, basically. Yeah. Um, and I know we spoke a bit of about this off camera because I know you do a lot with koi. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to know what your thoughts with the whole breeding thing with Korea because of basically this post was about. You know they're they're mass producing a lot of the structure yeah. and things like that get thrown but get thrown behind. Like you you you'll go on Facebook and you'll see someone post a tub with about fifty black knights in it. Good black knights, jet black black knights. But you know you can see they they generally stay quite small. You can yeah. see little issues, little deformities. From my knowledge, 
lot of they a lot of Korea don't really care about things like that. Their mindset is is I want to produce black geckos in the masses. And I'm not talking, I want to say this again, this is my opinion. This isn't about every Korean breeder. There's many good Korean breeders out there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's, you know, again, uh, the negatives over overshine the positives. So it's probably like a few breeders that are bad, making everyone look bad. But this is just what, what I've seen. What's your uh, view on that? And I know you've mentioned it with Koi as well, which would be really nice for you to bring up. In Asia, deformities don't exist. And I don't get me wrong. The I say this, this is it's hard about generalizing. Like people generalize breeders, and I'm asking people not to generalize. But I will say a, a large majority of Asia deformities don't exist. Mm. And and I can tell I can I can tell you this coming from multiple different aspects, whether it's aquatics, reptiles, so on. They yep. um, uh, for for some reason it's not something that they look at. And and I do think a lot of British breeders possibly European breeders, we are very vocal on frowning deformities. It, it's something we, we don't like, something I don't like, mm. and um, it's something we try and stay away. And I, I don't know if it's for yourself, and, and I, I can imagine a lot of breeders as well will do it, will, when breeding something new or a new project or working on a line, will keep back parents, even though we're not using them parents, we're using the next generation, we'll keep them back. And then we'll still keep that or the the main of that generation and breed the next. Because when we find problems, we can go back and start mm. again, cross new blood in to, to try and rectify them problems. Testing, stuff like that. Yeah, because yeah. a, a, lot, a lot of these animals are very incest and stuff like that, which can be done correctly if you're doing it right. It's I, I know it's frowned upon incest, but reptiles and wilder incest, there's a reason localities exist. There's a, there's a reason you can go to an island and they look completely different to the next island. Mm, That's because yeah. they've bred with themselves and have naturally changed and evolved than what they are. That's why localities exist. So it, it does happen naturally in the wild anyway. Not quite as severe as captivity, which is, is generally, you can say, it's it's not. It's definitely not sibling to sibling. But if done correctly, it's safe. There's nothing, there's no problems with it. And, and that, I think that's where the problem sort of happens a lot of obviously Koreans are mass producing these animals. They don't care about longevity. They, they, they don't care about how they grow and and, uh, and develop. They don't care if after three years they die because they've, they've had another two clutches out of them. And and it's happening a lot with aquatic fish. And I was talking to some people recently who's big with aquatics. Guppies are crap. Guppies, if if people that keep fish tanks and stuff like that, will know. They're hardy. You can keep guppies in a bucket of water, they'll be fine. They'll breed in a bucket of water. Guppies are the most hardiest animals to breed and stuff like that. Most people now that buy guppies, they, they die for a few months. There's mm. just no there's no longevity in it because these big farms in Asia have just inbred them, inbred them, inbred them, inbred them. So a point now where they're collapsing and uh, people are having to cross in fresh blood, wild blood, to stabilise lines. Because if not, there's going to be no guppies left. And it's the same with discus. I don't actually remember I had a bit of a conversation with you with discus. Yeah, yeah. Where there's some big breeders. And, and, and in fact, one of these breeders comes from Europe, um, which I'm not, I'm not going to say names, but the, the discus get to like three, three, two, three, four-year-old, depending on which line it is, and just die. No reason why, no particular reason, they just die. 
and everyone's like, why, why are these discs after two, three, four years just dying? It doesn't make sense. And it's because when they're spawning the fish, they're growing them as fast as they can so they can spawn them again. But then they're mm. done with them, they don't care because then they're breeding them as fast as they can so they can spawn them again and they're done with them. And they're constantly and moving and it's just a quick, that's, yeah. That's it. So so they get they get to this end bit and they're like, hold on a minute, why are these fish dying? And they've got nowhere to go back on because yeah. they've gone. And, and and that's why I'm always saying about breeders and, 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 and when people talk about ethical breed, this is the ethical stuff that you should talk on. You know what I mean? Keep whether you keep animals in a viva or a rack is not ethical. Whether you use UVB is not ethical. As long as as long as you're supplementing and that animal is living, uh, you, you're doing everything right. This for me is the ethical side of it. And I'll yeah. be honest with you, I, I, a lot of the the UK American to a to a degree and European guys are, are doing it well on. And there's a lot of the Asian guys as well. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. We, 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 I can't say it's everyone. And and this is why I'm saying it's certain breeders. We've got to sort of say, hold on a minute, you're doing it wrong. You, you shouldn't be doing that. You, the the you, you you know how to do it, and and it's that sort of way you think they're possibly chasing the profits. Yeah, as you just said, they just want to mass produce the blackest geckos. They don't care if they die in two years. If I if I came out of a new morph next year, I'd be approached by a Korean breeder, and they'll offer me a number that you know it's it's a number I can't turn down. Yeah, yeah. And then what they'll do is they'll they will they'll, for for the next two years they'll line breed it, you know, produce you know babies, raise them up, pair them all together, and produce them in the hundreds, maybe even the thousands. And then what they do is they absolutely flood the market, and the yeah. prices they charge is like, ah, yeah, yeah. I well, saw they, 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 so, uh, the they, they got thousands of them, thousands yeah, and thousands yeah, of them. The electric and everything, everything out there is probably a little bit different, but you yeah, yeah. you can get a jet black black knight from Korea for about five hundred dollars, but yeah. again, the ethical side of things, we don't know how the animal's going to turn out. You know, we, there, there is the form. There's definitely structure issues. Yeah. Like, again, I would like to say we're not bashing all Korean breeders. I, I, I speak to some Korean breeders. There's some people doing some really good work out there. Just from an outsider's point of view, yeah. I just see they buy the best geckos. They produce them in the masses. They send them really cheap. And all ethical side, of, like you said, this is, the eth- this is what I class as ethical breeding. Yeah. Um, or unethical breeding, it the, the structure and you know the the, the life it. of the animal. That's what I class as ethical. Not me putting an animal in a clean tub that's got it provided with everything they need. That's not the ethical that's side it. of it. That's the eth- you know, like you said, um, yeah. it's like you were saying to me about because of Will's big in koi, and you're telling me some stuff the other day, and I was because my my dad has koi. We're not koi breeders. We're not massive into koi. We do keep koi. And you was telling me some stuff, and I was like, "What with the cutting?" Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's interesting because obviously, as you said, a lot of people don't know, but in Japan, there's legit like a conveyor belt of people with a blade that will cut pattern into fish, unique patterns. And and in fairness, J- Japan's not too bad nowadays. I'll be honest with you, there's, there's still deformities don't exist. There's there's still fish that will win major prizes with dodgy fins or a bent tail and stuff like that, as long as the quality is there. So the, there is still that bit of an, that um, that sort of deformities don't exist there, but Japan's not too bad uh, in the koi side of it. I can't speak for everything, but mm-hmm. the, especially the big breeders, 
the, the big breeders have a prestige and they have a name and they're proud. And um, there is certain stuff there, but we, I, I notice it more in Indonesia. The Indonesian koi breeders don't care that they'll they'll have a, a a conveyor belt of people there with a blade cutting fancy patterns into fish. Right there we go, because that fish has all of a sudden gone from being worth fifty quid to it's now worth three hundred and fifty quid. And in Indonesia, that's like that's a year salary. Yeah, that's it. Isn't it? So it's like yeah, yeah. And all we've got to do is sit here with a knife and do this. Win win. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe when you was telling me because you showed yeah. you you sent me some pictures. Um, we'll probably show some pictures we'll, we'll on YouTube. Sure. Yeah. Will showed me some pictures of this koi, and I've never seen patterns like it in a koi. It was like it, it had white, black, and red, and it was like thunderbolt. That's the best yeah. way I can. It's like a load yeah. of thunder, lightning, and these patterns were like never seen patterns like it. And Will was like, "They cut." Like, what do you mean they cut? He's, he's like, "Yeah, if you you can actually cut the, they cut the patterns, and what happens is the cup turns white, but over so many like a year or so, or maybe even months, the color will start to bleed through." Yeah, yeah, a year, a year, two years, maybe. It depends on how the fish is growing and developing. But yeah, the colour will come back and the fish will be ruined, essentially, or, or it's not like it once was. Because uh, you said even show fish. fish. You see show, animals yeah, yeah. that are winning shows that have yeah, been yeah. cut. And, and it, like I said, and this is Japan, this is what I'm, I'm saying. It's not all people, but it, it, it is as well. Where the last year, the Japanese grand champion, Kohaku, which come from Mariyama, um, had it... The desirable head pattern on a kawaku, which is a red and white fish koi, is for the Benny to sit in between the eyes. Um, uh, and this had this fish, Benny is Japanese for red. It, it, it come down its face a little bit. It's like a little strip of Benny towards its mouth. It was not much, not a great deal. The rest of the fish is perfect. But it was that little bitter and edge in some of that so competitive like the old Japan, which is the major show where every breeder in Japan is taking their best fish. So when it gets that competitive, something like that can be the demerit. Mm. So obviously the, the breeders have gone, look, Ray, we'll get this fish, boom, 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 cut all the red off, perfect. So, <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? It, Here's a trophy, it. 10 grand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. And, and obviously that fish is worth silly, silly money nowadays. And, and obviously the breeders then bred it. So that's now a parent koi, and it's like all of a sudden, all these fish out of that parent koi is out of an all Japan show grand champion. These koi are now worth a premium. Yeah, so it, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it swings and roundabouts, and um, and 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 I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I think when it comes to a lot of lot of the Asian side of things, if cutting is the worst thing to do, it's not so bad. <laughs> There's a lot worse stuff. Yeah, and um, and again, it, it obviously I talk about koi now because i know a fair bit about it but there's some of the uk guys that's buying fish from a certain breeder and these fish again are getting to two three four year old and they're getting tumors and they're mm-hmm. dying and these aren't cheap fish these are these are fish people are paying four five six ten grand for and then they gain to that age and they're, they're dying they're going hold on a minute what's happening here yeah and obviously that breeder's getting a bit of a backlash and he's now having to start mixing wild type into it to strengthen the bloodlines because of these problems. So what's crazy? Uh, it, w- it works similar to geckos. Yeah, oh, you know what I mean. Like, animals. Yeah, animals. it's all like lime breeding. It's all the, it's yeah. all the same. It is all the same. It all it sure. all makes sense. It all, it does. It, it's crazy. It's, it's yeah. It all animals. All like all g- genes work the same. Yeah, there's, there's an albino in an elephant. It works the same as an albino in a gecko. It's Definitely. crazy. It's crazy. Anyway, yeah, it's Will. Fun. 
let's talk about finally. Let's talk about leopard geckos. So, <laughs> and I know you've been producing geckos for for some time, and you've been quite a quiet breeder. That's what that's what I say. You've been locked away in in because you don't you've never sort of mingled or no, no, not at all. I've never really seen you all over the Facebook groups. You've sort of kept yourself to yourself. So yeah, it'd be quite yeah. nice to hear more about your project. So what, what are you working with leopard geckos? I know what you're working with leopard geckos. What are you uh, working with? Tell yeah, everyone. Yeah. Tell the world. <laughs> Ray. Uh, Ray. Yeah, yeah, Ray. Where do I start? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've always kept myself quiet just because I didn't think I were good enough to be. I thought if you were big on social media, everyone knew you. You were a massive breeder and you've been breeding for years and years and everyone looks up to you and so on and so on. But obviously you find out. There's, there's plenty of donuts for an Instagram yeah. account. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, uh, I, I, work, I work on a, a few things. I've got a few of my own projects. My, my first one were Raptors. That, that's how I started. Mm. My big thing's always been Raptors. I like reading Raptors, which some people I don't know, that's Tremper, Eclipse, and then there's the part on the Stripe element, which some people follow, some people don't. It is what it is. A raptor is lime bread. A lot of people these days, will, if you if they if they produce a tremper eclipse, they're saying that's a raptor. It's not. It's a tremper eclipse. A raptor has a certain look. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's that pattern of stripe look. Yeah, that orange. Yep, definitely. That 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 and and a lot of people. It's hard for them to explain this pattern of stripe, but I. I I definitely can tell you what partner stripe is in, in that sort of combination. And I can tell you in an, in an actor, which is obviously Tremper hair clips. Mm. It's a, it's a, it's a slightly distinct pattern and partner stripe is the best name for it. Cause everyone's like, I can't be partless and stripe. It's like, it's an odd one, <laughs> but mm. it does make sense. Cause if, if you actually bred a bunch of Raptors and sat there and looked at the variations with it, you go, it's kind of partless and kind of striped. <laughs> it makes yeah. sense. It, it does make sense. Um, so that that was my main thing. I, I love bright orange, solid body, original raptors, red eye. I love them. It, it's, that's that's kind of where a lot of the love come from. And and I still produce a few. I'm not producing as many this year, but I still produce a few just because that's what I enjoy. But obviously, from there, I've progressed. Um, uh, I was fortunate enough, which obviously you'll be able to talk about. I was able to get a pastel actor from Ron, mm. or, which originally came from Ron, Ron Tremper. And it's one of, obviously, his original pastels. And that's something I've been working on pastel. And I've, and obviously, something that you don't get to talk about much is your own gecko. So yeah. Would you... I've got a question. Yeah. yeah. Um, with, with, obviously, pastel. Because it's current, it's current, it was labelled as a, as a gene originally. Yeah, and then Ron kind of scrapped it and said it was polygenic. Yeah, I think it's an incomplete dominant. Right. The reason why I think it's an incomplete dominant is because of if I pair a pastel to a non-pastel, I'm getting more pastel babies than non-pastel or or influence. Does that yeah. make sense? Like for no, it to be definitely. for it to be polygenic, I should it, I should technically get pastel crosses. But I'm trying to work out a pastel cross in my head. Is it to me a pastel is either a pastel or it's not a pastel? Yeah, yeah. 
like I, ne- I, I, I don't ever really I, when I do a pastel pairing, not to a, let's say a pastel to a non-pastel. It's the pet. The, the babies are either pastel or they're not. I don't ever get ones like let's say you do a tangerine and you cross it to yeah. a normal. You get some that are, are obviously normal, and you get some with tangy influences. I don't get that with pastel. It's either pastel or it's not. That I, and and I'm glad you said that because hundred percent the same for me. A, a lot a lot of the old guys and stuff I talk to like oh it's it's polygenic it's a line it's just mm. it's just it's a nicer line uh, and so on and so on and I'm like I don't think it is no I, I will hatch animals and I'll distinctively go that's pastel that's not yeah for yeah. me you can see and don't get me wrong again there's still a there's still polygenic variation in the pastels which they're always going to be there's better mm. pastels and not as good pastels yeah but I can distinctively go that's pastel that's not yeah and. He just has that look, has that, has the blushing, has that, yeah, yeah, has that. Even how, even when they're hatchlings, they have these certain look to them. You, 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 that's just what I thought. I Ron's got much more experience than me. I'm not saying Ron's Ron's wrong at all, but just from what I've done, I'm like, nah. There's no same with Supergiant. I used to, I, I was a strong believer thinking. Now, people are going to be listening to this thinking, George, you hypocrite. For them years, you've been saying Supergiant's line bread, and I'm still not. I'm still on the fence of it. But when you when I've got Titan and I've got four, I'm I've got these animals and I'm thinking there there is something genetically going on here. It's not just live bread. There's no there's no way they can't. Uh, it, it, but at, at the same time, what what can be quite confusing is if I got a super giant and crossed it to a normal. Technically, with Ron's terms, that would make het super giants. Yeah. And you pair that back to a super giant, you get super giants. But then that sort of works the same with line breeding. So let's say let's say super giant is a polygenic. So I I cross a super giant to a non super giant, and then I get a super giant lineage baby, and pair that back to a super giant. I'm getting big geckos again. So it's quite. Hard. Do you understand? It's quite hard. But the more I work with it, the more I think to myself, there has to be something genetical here. Yeah, yeah, even your uh, female—that's one of the biggest. Fe- that's got to be one of the biggest females in the country. She's not got yeah. the girth, but she, uh, this is this is where again I always say to people: it isn't always about weight. You can make a gecko fat, you can make a gecko skinny. Just because yeah, yeah. you're super giant skinny does not mean it's now not a super giant. No, that's not. But when you've got an eleven-inch female, <laughs> yeah. it's. Do you know what I mean? You look at things like that and you think, they're, they're, even four, you look at four and you, I'm putting him, I'm even putting him to super giant females going, oh, he's big. Yeah, There's yeah. something genetical here. There is something genetical here. What's your thoughts? Because I don't know whether, I don't know whether you actually, I know you've got super giants. I don't know whether you've produced any yet, but. I, I, I haven't, I haven't produced many. I've not, I've not bred her. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and this was my opinion, I, I knew, I seen the size in her. Yeah. I, I knew she was going to be big. I didn't want to restrict that by breeding her. I, yeah. I thought I, I'm a, I'm a, even though she after it, after twelve months she was sort of ready to breed. I thought, nah, I'm gonna leave her. Mm. One, she's obviously quite slim anyway, so it's probably not the right to do it. But two, I thought, why, why would I, why would I make her have to go produce a load of eggs when that could just hinder it a, a further development? Hundred percent. Just give her, give her another year and she'd be wild because that that's obviously the point. She's fairly slim. But I, she's getting there. She will get there. And 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 it, what's wild is she's she's pushing eighty grams and slim. Yeah, she is. For yeah. a female, that's wild. Yeah, it's for me. Any for what I look at it anyway, I'm like this female's pushing eighty grams and slim. 
she's she'll be pushing 120 probably more easy yes crazy that yeah yeah which for the females is mad yeah there's something there's what i mean there's some there is something yeah, yeah. there I, I mean in regards to the gene i i think it's polygenic i'll be honest with you yeah i i think it works the same way as every animal that's ever been bred big whether it's mm. pigs on a farm cows on a farm dogs that are security dogs Carp, yeah. we fish when we fish, when, yeah. when we're rearing in them hundred pound, eighty pound carp. That's they've it. been made to be that big. They're not naturally that big. Not at all. Yeah. They take the biggest carp with the biggest carp, and then they get biggish. They get, and, and this is what I'm saying. When obviously people are talking about hats and giants and super giants stuff like that, it's like, look, right? If if you breed a, a super giant to a super giant, you're going to produce geckos smaller. You're going to produce mm-hmm. geckos yeah. that's on a similar level, and then there's a small chance you're going to produce a bigger gecko. And, and, and that's my opinion on the matter. And I, and I think, I think with super giants now, I, if you're going to be doing this properly, you can't be selling them in the first season. I think all super giants you're going to have to keep back twelve months to truly know what its development's going to be. 100%. Because they're going to take that bit longer to grow. Yeah, there's the, there's the with if you're a super giant breeder, a lot of what how a gecko. How a, how a super giant... Don't you see them big super giants? He's like Titan, 150 grams. I know Mutant Geckos has got a, a monster. A lot of it is how you raise that animal as well. Yep. Like, well, if, you, if you've if got a baby and you're, you're, you're giving it, like, nice, healthy food, you're giving it super worms and stuff, it, it, it is how you raise the animal too. Um, but like you said, I... I, I I'll do super giant, super giant pairings. Like I said, I'm an offense. I'm really confused. Well, you you're definitely been more super giants than me. So, do you mean your your opinion is kind of more valid than mine? But I, I, I'm I'm still kind of mind boggled with it all. On the fence, I, I literally got Steve. I was always line bread, line bread, and Steve made a post the other day, and I was I kind of agreed with it. I was like, yeah. I do agree with that. But then when I do a super giant to super giant pairing, technically everything should be a super giant, but that's not the case. I always get a fifty percent ratio. Yeah, I yeah. always get fifty percent that grow on go on to be yeah that's a super giant and the other fifty percent they might be a little bit bigger than your average leopard gecko but yeah. they're not super giant quality or super giant level I wouldn't label them as super giant I say super giant lineages in there but then at the same time them geckos do go on to produce absolute monsters yeah because obviously it, it's, it's in the line yeah. yeah it's in the line it's in the but line. I do think. And this isn't to shoot myself in the foot. I do think this is probably going to be in, you know, many years to come. I do think super giants in, in let's say, 10 years' time might not be what they are today because of, as we, you know, when we're all breeding and we're all line breeding, we naturally hold, we don't hold back the runts. You hold back the biggest, the best, the best looking, ones with the best structure. Best so naturally... Exactly. So leopard geckos now, non-super giant leopard geckos, they're getting to 120, 130 grams. Yeah. You know, like t- 10, 15 years ago, you know, you'd be lucky to get a male to 60, 70 grams. So like as we're na- naturally keeping the bigger ones and stuff and lion breeding, we're seeing these normal geckos getting big. But then again, in 10 years time, will super giants be a lot more bigger than what they are today now? I don't know. But just from line breeding, I'm seeing things just naturally getting bigger and bigger. I suppose everything's getting bigger. We're getting bigger. Yeah, and obviously that that's where my argument comes from with not being a, a recessive as such, because to me that tells me there's an there's an end goal, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like th- th- this this dead sets a hair, this dead sets a visual uh, super giant. That's as big as they'll ever get. 
and, mm. I, and I don't think that's the case. Nah. And and, um, uh, and as you you comment, I mean, some of my big Raptor males are like 100, 110 grams. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, and, and some people are saying that oh, that's giant, super giant territory. It's like no, there's no super giant line in it. It's just yeah. a big male. Mm-hmm. And and um, uh, I think oh, over time, and, and don't get me wrong, that female, and this is where it comes into it's not length and weight. That female's longer than him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Female. She's a lot longer than him. And and something I've noticed is is the torso, even as hatchlings, tends to be a bit longer than a normal hatchling. Yeah. The tail tends to be a bit longer than a normal hatchling. There is bigger elements there. Yeah. And, and I do think, if obviously keep line breed and line breed and line breed, there will be a 200 gram Leo. Do you know what I'm further mm. down? There will be some we're, big Leo. we're pretty close. We're pretty. Four is, is one eight, 189 grams. Yeah, so, you know, and, anyway. and I, I, to not to obviously, I wouldn't do this, but if if I if I plowed him with wax worms and doobia roaches and everything, I could probably push push him to 200 grams, but he wouldn't yeah, look yeah. great. But it'd be, it'd be far, yeah. 189 grams is sort of that's 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 when he that's when he's in the leopard gecko book. I think it's 189, it might be 186. Yeah. Uh, so to think that 14 grams, then you got yourself a 200 gram Leo, that is definitely achievable. One hundred percent, and me and Jay are gonna do it. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be good to see. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be good to see, and um, uh, and obviously as as time goes on and you'll experience and stuff, you'll you'll have a bit more of an opinion on the matter. But for me, I just I don't see it as recessive because I, I, that's for me your print markers of where it should be. Mm. And when you've got raptors with no super giant lineage at all that are pushing 110, 120 grams, it's like. It can't be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because these raptors, I've never been to super giants, so how is that a gene if I've got big raptors anyway? Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's my opinion on the matter. And, and obviously, I'm not talking down Steve, Steve at all. Fundamental, more inf- information experience than me. Crazy mm. amounts. No, and do you know what I mean? It's not so bad. I'm, and and this is what's and this is what I, I try to say to people. It's it's all opinion, and nobody's right, nobody's wrong. It's like that's his view, that's my view. I respect him as a breeder, and that's how it is. Do you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to bash him and say, oh, you're wrong or this is wrong. It's just that's how I think it is and that's obviously your opinion and that's the matter. That, yeah. that's, it's just, that's what's cool about the hobby. We all differ. We all have varying opinions and we all do our own thing and, and it's cool when you see people people progressing. That's what's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, that's that's why it's good doing these shows and stuff because you hear yeah. different people. There'll be people that listen to this and think, no, I think you're wrong but there'll be people that listen to it and think, yeah, do you know what? I'm going to try that. Do you know what I mean? That's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. It'd be boring if we all done the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And um, uh, and, and that's why I find it's fun. Because someone will say something, sometimes I'll go, I'll be right, you know, that, that, there's something mm. in there. And then I'll start playing around with some stuff and I'll say uh, what results I get. And I'll go, ah, oh, that's done that. And maybe, do you know what I mean? And and, and you pick up on things and, and that's how you progress. Is in, in order for all breeders, because we can't do everything all at once, in order for breeders and the hobby to develop, we've got to listen to other people's thoughts and, and you build your own opinion on that. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. If, 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 you, if you've got 10 breeders telling you one thing and you've got one breeder saying otherwise, you're probably more likely to go with the 10 breeders. Yeah, so it's, yeah. That's, you've got to listen to everyone and sort of take it in yourself and do your own and do your own trial and error and obviously build up your own experience and opinion from there, which is what I like about I- the hobby. Hundred percent, I couldn't agree agree anymore. So for the YouTube viewers, because anyone that's what listens to us on Spotify, which is 
predominantly the most of you. Will has got some nice bits and pieces here, some leopard geckos. Yeah, he wants, he's awesome. going to want to show. So show show some stuff. We've got a few, but I know you've got, like I said, I, I know Will. I've been speaking to Will pretty much every day for a year or so now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's got a wow. he's got a nice bandit project going on. He's got some like old school tangy looking stuff. Um, you've got you've got bits of everything to be fair. Yeah, I just I just kind of just trial and error. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Some stuff works. Some some years you have good years of one project, and then other years it's not so good. And then the year after that, you go, oh wow. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, yeah. Just, it's just swings and roundabouts. You, from, from what I from what I can tell from you, you're the sort of person that you'd rather make the project. Like there, for example, let's say you had the opportunity to work with Cipher. You're the type of guy that would rather have two hets and produce the cipher yourself. Yeah, Does that make, instead of buying instead of buying two ciphers and making ciphers, you would it's the sort of person you are. You would rather would rather have the hets and then produce it yourself and say, "I had hets and I," you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, it, it sort of it sort of stems from when I first started breeding. I my first animals were full of genetics, and I went. <laughs> Joe, yeah. what have I got here? <laughs> eggs started hatching. I'm like, uh, uh. do you know what I mean? And, and it, it, it's it's that sort of thing. If you do it yourself, you learn. You, you understand like how that gene happens, and then you understand how that gene varies. Because obviously, there's so much variation in the same sort of genetics. You see that variation, so then when it comes together, you're like, that's possibly influencing that. That's probably influencing that. And you learn, and it's, it's all about getting the fundamentals. So. For instance, when when I first started breeding raptors, I had a Max Snow uh, Tremper Heteclipse male or, or a Max Snow Aptor, and then all my females were Tremper Tremper and a Max Snow Tremper. Uh, raptor Raptor, sorry, and a Max Snow Raptor. So I grow all these babies. I'm like, hold on, these could be heads. These might not, mm. these might be, these are Aptors, not Raptors. Hold on, that's Super Snow. Hold on, that's Max yeah. Snow Aptor. And, and obviously now I look back, I'm like, well, it's, it's obvious. But yeah. that's because I know. But yeah, when, yeah, when learning, yeah, that's it, it. But when you first go into them, and you're like, right, <laughs> it's hot. Leopard gecko yeah. breeding for the first year is bloody hard. I remember I used to sit there googling like uh, gecko with red eyes. Like I, I'll, I'll Google yeah. stuff like that, and I'll try and like look, or or I put tangerine leopard gecko with red eyes, and I'll look and be like, oh, mine looks a bit like that. That's how do you know what I mean. I start yeah, looking yeah, at YouTube. Like, that, that's how a lot of us. That's how a lot of us do. A lot of us sort of do it, and obviously that doesn't help sometimes because there's that much variation. Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, so it's like it's, oh, it's a nightmare. But sometimes you've got to get in there and get shit wrong. <laughs> sometimes like, there was someone the other day on a Facebook group. They put, uh, "I'm not too sure what snow this is, but I'm assuming it's a tug snow." And then someone put, <laughs> "How do you know?" Oh, I googled. And they're like, there's yeah, three yeah. different snows you will never know. And they were having That's... none of it. They were having none of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a tug. Yeah. It's a tug. It's like, it's like the albinos. And don't get me wrong. Some albinos do have certain looks. But like, oh, yeah, def- definitely a bell. 100% a bell. Yeah. It's like, well, I've seen some belly-looking trampers. Trampers, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. It's, um, uh, it is what it is. But, yeah, I mean, this this is, for me, I don't, I don't think it's coming up on camera well. Yeah, it's nice. I can see it. Lovely. That's um. Uh, if, I, if I turn this lighting down a bit, see if it even shows up better. Is that better? That's better. Yep. Winning, winning. But yeah, um, uh, it'll look this... better once the video because it'll, it'll get shortened and yeah, yeah, yeah. 
no winning, but I've put the camera down a bit. But yeah, lovely. Th- this is this is one of my, my Max Snow um, uh, bandits. This this all kind of started off because you got hatching a bunch of Max Snow bandits in the black and white, and they look cool. But obviously, yeah, that's cool, never, man. They never they never stay that way. But after a few generations, this is where I'm. Don't get me wrong; this, it's still yellowing out. They're mm. still definitely, they're still definitely yellow coming in, obviously with age. But out of all the ones I've ever bred, this is the one that's held back the yellow and has held the white. And even now, uh, it's it sort of finished where it's going to be. It, it's the, it's better than most I've ever bred. Basically. Yeah, it's nice, bread. mate. Nice. I like, yeah, yeah, I like the con. People, everyone loves bold and bandits. That's the contrast. That black and that. Yeah, yes. stunning, stunning. And, and I mean, don't get me wrong, the, the bandit patterning's not the best. Um, uh, there's definitely progress there, but I worry about that once I've got the colour. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, once yeah, I've, yeah. Once I've sort of, sort of got that white, black, or it might never happen, but I, I have got a big gecko that's going to be crossing into this prod white this year, which which you've seen, um, but it's in quarantine at minute, so I couldn't show it. Is that the white and... Yeah, beautiful animal. So hopefully utilising that white and yellow and the whiteness, I can get that over to the band mm. stuff. We'll see. We'll see. Um, uh, it, like, again, it's all trial and error. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. It, yeah, that's the, that's the fun of this, though. Yeah, for sure. It's the, um, fun, it's the fun of this. And then, and then kind of related to that project, this is um, a white and yellow Super Snow Raptor, which I bred, which is hella white, which is the female. And she's also going to be going to him to sort of... Yeah, I like this one. Animal. Yeah, I really like this one. So white, it's like ah! <laughs> yeah, I've, I've turned the light down at last. <laughs> That's it. I don't, I don't know if it's going to go any lower. I think you put a post out the other day. It was like she's a few years old as well, and she's still this white. Yeah, yeah, she's on a third year now. Jesus, beautiful, mate, stunning. Anyone. That's watching this and looking at these animals. Make sure you go to Will's Instagram. Obviously, give him a follow, but you will be able to see the animals better on his. Yeah. That's stunning, mate. Clean no. white, a clean white. Yeah, and obviously that that's one of the major things I'm, I'm sort of going to with these animals. And um, a lot of the times I see them again, the yellow out. Yeah. Uh, they just sort of get that age and the yellow out. Uh, and whether it's the the white and yellow influence or what, but she's just never, she's always stopped white. So hopefully, you utilizing again that male, there should be some nice white and yellows thrown from it. That's that's white. Uh, and then again, sticking on the rat stuff. This this is the female that came from Jay, which you've also seen, which is the the pied one. Yeah, yeah, it is. So explain a little bit about your project with this one because I know you've got an interesting project coming because it's got because I, I I remember you sending me a picture like oh look at this like pied raptor and I was like yeah, yeah. It's, that's nice like it was like yellow bodied with or like orangey yellow bodied similar to that one because the, the camera ain't picking it up that one has like a like a yellowish yeah. tone on it and then yeah. it has like on the on the on the neck the neck collar. It's sort of it's pied. You see, it's white. Yeah. So, to, is that your project with that? Is to try and make more of that and better pied. That'd be a <laughs> that's that's a sick project. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's now I've got to where I want to be with raptor. Where do I go? I can't just keep breeding raptors because they've been bred for how many years? Um, and pied was always in my head. Like, could it be done? But what always put me off was because you always see Max Snow pieds. 
and I want the yellow there. I want I want mm. it to be yellow as such. So you obviously it's going to take time, but the plan is is to actually try and produce. If if white if Max Snow is the necessary ingredient for Pied, obviously uh, with um, Eclipse, then I'm going to have to actually go the opposite way with, with Max Snow and sort of line breed some yellow ones mm-hmm. or yellower ones and to try and keep some of that color there and obviously along with the Pied. But again, it all takes time. It, it, it Roman built in a day. It might the the project might not even happen. <laughs> yeah, it might fall, it it's might all happen. it's all fun. That's you might it. have to go like the creamsicle way, where you you see the mac and tangerine pairings, and they cut. They're they're never tangy, but they're coming out like orangeish, like a creamy color, and yeah, it may be going down that route. No, that's it. And and obviously th- this is a is a tremper eclipse super snow white and yellow. Mm-hmm. But if, if you're in person, you can you can definitely see the pie on the neck, pie on the face, the pie through the tail. Yeah, like it's, it's in my eyes, it's, it's just hard to photograph. It's hundred percent a pie. Yeah, um, it's hundred percent. It's a pie wrapped to white and yellow. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, yeah. Universe. I like. I really like it because when I went around Jay Z, when all this was going to, I was like, raw, like. We were saying the other day that he wanted to make some stuff like this, and we were. I, I was sort of saying I don't think it can be done, and then yeah. I saw that, and I was like, right, okay, well, <laughs> ideal start for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and and I think it was somewhat accidental for Jay. It wasn't like a project to were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it sort of just come out of a out of a project. And we're like, well, do you know what I mean? And he sent it to me, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll buy that. Do you know what I mean? Um, uh, but yeah, next one, I guess. I mean, obviously, there's various other projects, but Bitang, which which I'm quite proud of. I, I many well, it was after my first year of breeding, so I got into my second year. I got some European tangs, or or there were a, a guy had moved here from Europe, and he bred Leos, and he'd fetched obviously the Leos with him, and he was like, "I'll be honest with you, I think I'm gonna move away from it." So I got his tangs, right? Um, and I've obviously took them tangs. And bred them and bred them, and um, I've got some orange ones because the, mm. the, the I'll be honest with you, the original ones are, are yellow. Yeah, they're yeah, pretty yeah. much super hypo yellow. Look, look, pet grade. If anything, they're the yeah. original ones. But I somehow I I hatched these um a, a, a siblings both both sisters. This one's the better one out of them, but super orange. Yeah, uh, compared to where they started, uh, and I was like. Oh, they're some not special, but they are special from the line. Mm. And then obviously, I've got plans with these now to sort of to to further the line. But we should be able to. Not... Very nice, mate. Very nice. It, it, it's obviously not. It's not some. It's not the best tang in the world. Yeah. But in terms of where they've come, and to obviously be as clean as what they are, obviously there's a, there's a bit of patterning on the tail, but there's a, there's a bit of character there. And obviously, it's entirely in in your mind as well. You're probably thinking this came the this animal came from something I didn't think was going to go on to produce these. So your own work, your own line breeding, and it's gone from this, and I've got it to this. So how's this going to be in another five years' time? (laughs) That's it, isn't it? It's it's like I've I've still got the grandparents and the parents. You know what I mean? I've still got that. Yeah, and uh, it's fun, and and that's what I I enjoy. And I'm hopefully this year I'm a I'm a pair one. To green and tangerine, and and see how that goes. 
sort of Perova, that major orange, and I'm a pair of the white and yellow male that was on about to the other one. Just yeah, to try to produce white and yellow tanks to see what happens. Wicked, wicked. Uh, Any anything with GNT or a green, anything with an emerine line, for some even if they don't come out really green, they something about that line just brings that colour. Like yeah. so vibrant. Definitely. No, definitely. I'd agree. Uh, I mean, this is the original green and tangerine male, which I got. Yeah, lovely, lovely. Oh, stripe on him. Very yeah. nice, mate. Very nice. He's the original big male. Oh, he's wicked, mate. He's wicked. Obviously, camera. It's hard, it's hard to start kind of showing the cameras, but yeah. And um, uh, he's hopefully the one that's going to be pairing to us surely. Uh, and obviously a few other stuff. And then finally, the, the last one being, is the one that come from you. Wee. Yeah, the, the the Afghan cross that come from you. But she's super stripy. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it looks stunning, mate. Your best gecko. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, no, really nice. You've done well with her, mate. So she yeah. has she still got because she had like a green head, like a lime greeny head, and she still yeah. got that. Yeah, it's mad. I'm trying to get on camera, but yeah, she's crazy. But yeah, she'll um obviously with her and him, I think the babies will be they'll be good. Because there's clown in her lineage as well. So it was an Afghan tangerine cross the clown. Yeah. So I just think she would do really well with him, really well. Yeah. I just think no, it's, that's I, just going to be such a good pairing. Such a good pairing. And um, uh, hopefully that the babies will turn out out good. But yeah. It's all, it's all trial and error. That's all fun. That's what it's... That's, that's that it. is, it's called a hobby. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah, yeah. It's I, a hobby. It's it's same with... Uh, you're going to get it with every hobby. You get it at car scenes. You get it with fishing. You're going to have people that are being horrible and bitching and that. But just remember, it's fun. I know it's animals. When people people that will be listening to this thinking, yeah, but you're breeding animals and you're, you're just saying it's all a little bit of fun. Obviously, I don't mean it like that, like I'm playing with no. toys. Obviously, the, the, the well-being and the care of the animal comes first between anything. Yeah. But the breeding side of things, and, you know, a lot of people take co- competitions with this. Like, there's, sometimes there's a race, you know. Oh, I want to be the first to do that. Or stop it. Chill. Have fun. Do you know That's what I mean? It. Like you Make might enjoy the process in it. Exactly. You you someone might be I might be three years ahead of somebody in clowns and they produce pro- already producing better ones than me. Just chill. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just chill, have some fun and enjoy it. No, and that, that's a really good point because there's always gonna be someone better. There's always gonna be someone that's got better. So it's like, look, right, just just you utilize what you've got and just as long as you're having fun and you're happy, win win. Yeah, exactly. You, you you're able to work with these animals, you're doing your own thing. And and I think if you stick at something long enough and you're doing your own thing, eventually something will come of it anyway. Hundred percent. And everyone, every, everyone's projects, like um, for example, uh, are your raptors, your yeah. raptor. Everyone's everyone's main projects, or not necessarily main project, but everything everyone works with is going to be different than everybody else. Like people will look at your raptors and go, "Oh, that's that's a will raptor," or. Uh, oh, yeah. that's a that that that's a that so and so bandit. You know, we're all going to have different yeah. looks. We all like different stuff. Like you, you know, so you might like raptors that have more of a stripe. You know, you, you know what I mean. Everyone has different 
Like I like my uh, green tangerine stuff that looks clownish. Some people like them with a stripe. Some people like more green on them. Everyone has different tastes and yeah, yeah. just enjoy it. That's the main thing is to enjoy it. But yeah, um, do, you, do you agree? Yeah, 100%. It's like I say, sometimes it's just about the process. It's about the... It's Sometimes stuff's going to go wrong. And, and this is why I always say to people, this is why money's not involved and it's pure enjoyment because some days you wake up and your incubator's fucked. Yeah. You, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, it, and it, if, if I look at this from a profit point of view, I'm going. Stuff, See you later. Yeah, I'm it, going. Yeah, company's gone under. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't. I go, shit, best I'll make that happen again. Get a better incubator. Do learn from it. Next year, what's that? we'll try again. What's it like? 100%, mate. Couldn't agree. And, 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 and do you know what I mean? And, and like I said, that, that's what that person happened to me. It just is what it is. Just, yeah. Shit happens. <laughs> but any... Anyway, Will, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's been a really, really good. I'm really enjoyed this episode. Um, is there anything you want to tell everybody? Where can people find you? What's your yeah. website? And don't forget the discount code. Morphtastic Will. Just do Morphtastic Will. I'll pull it when I advertise this. I'll pull it all on there so people can read it and copy and paste it. But more do Morphtastic Will. And you'll get a discount on Will's site. But I'll let Will do the rest of the talking. Well, uh, obviously, Instagram, White Rose Reptiles, that's and Facebook. That's sort of where I started. Uh, that's where I post all the animal stuff, all the breeding stuff. That's where everything is. Uh, but, yeah, there is White Rose Exotics, which also has its own social medias. That's the business side of things. That's where the, the website is. We're purely e-commerce. We don't have a shop. Um, we obviously take online orders, ship out your products. We're not drop shipping, as you can see. We do stock majority of the products, or near enough them all. Um, uh, and as soon as your order comes in, obviously we dispatch them as quick as we can. Apart from that, it, I don't know. It is what it is, isn't it? Yeah. It's just uh, box standard, straightforward. Brilliant, mate. Brilliant. But make sure everybody to tune in and check his website. Like I say, his prices are pretty are pretty you know they beat a lot of people so have a look and will's sort of will's the sort of person if you want to you know if you're somebody that wants to do big orders will's the sort of person you could message and you know he might do a private sort of you know business with you or whatever he's after whoever that's 100 percent. so make sure you hit him up uh but again thanks for coming on will uh it's been a great episode i really appreciate it and make sure everyone hit hit you up yeah, hopefully, hopefully. But uh, in fairness, obviously, with the promoting it and stuff before the live, a few people has been messaging and following, which is good. Uh, they, they sort of it's nice for them to get involved. Uh, but yeah, other than that, mate, it's, it's been good. Fantastic. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for tuning in, and uh, I hope you listen to the next episode. See you later, Will. See you in a bit. <laughs>